2: farm talk with dairy
3: gold post calver gold your trusted feeding partner for your dairy herd this spring
4: on c103
1: Hello and welcome to Farm Talk. I'm Marie De Tuig. On the show this week, buyers can return to martyrings from May 17th. Government's Be Summer Ready campaign. A Cork florist who began a rooftop farm in the city centre. The Cork teenager hailed as a hero after saving his dad's life following a farm accident. And John O'Connor has more on the stories, making the agri-news this week.
4: Farm Talk on C103.
1: Agriculture Minister Charlie McConnell has confirmed that buyers can return to martyrings from May 17th. Online trading will continue alongside the return of in-ring buying. Buyers can attend the sales ring and view stock in pens. However, this must be done by prior appointment. Buyers who want to be present at ringside must wear face coverings and adhere to strict social distancing. A new milk price analysis is now available for farmers farm talks john o'connor has the details
5: the IFA dairy committee has completed this new milk price analysis and chairman of the IFA national dairy committee mr stephen arthur said purpose of this analysis is to allow farmers to compare prices paid by milk processors on a like for like basis mr arthur went on to say the analysis completed by the committee with the IFA Senior Dairy Policy Executive Ms. Anya O'Connell demonstrates the revenue a spring calving herd with average monthly milk solids would generate. It compares 11 milk processors across the country for 2019 and 2020. Using actual monthly milk statements provided to IFA by members, the analysis ranks processors in order of the annual income that would be generated adjusted for milk constituents. Mr Arthur said, we believe the analysis will provide more price transparency and the IFA plans to publish this on an annual basis. Further information on this new milk price analysis by the IFA at the following website, www.ifa.ie or lowercase. John O'Connor for Farm Talk.
1: Susan Casey, Dairy Area Sales Manager in the South Cork area, joins us on Farm Talk. I started by asking Susan how farmers are for grass at the moment.
4: There's a bit of a mix at the moment. In the last few days, we actually noticed farmers taking out bales, paddocks even for bales in places. But in general, to be honest, I think things are are tight and they're probably going to get a bit tighter. Um, Looking at the forecast, I don't think temperatures are going to pick up for the next week or two. It's been very cold Soil temperatures are only just coming up to the eight, nine degrees, so lads are starting to get quite tight. They have held concentrate in the parlor. Some are buffer feeding um as well just to try and stretch out the grass. So it is something, you know, if, if anyone feels they're getting tight, it is no harm now to go and do a grass walk and just measure up what what they have. Maybe they can put in a bit of silage, to stretch it out or increase in the parlor. Um, just to, just to get a hold on it, but it is it is getting tight in places. Anyone that was was going into their second round in in early April, it's probably very tight now at the moment, um, with the way covers are.
1: And Susan, is there any complications you are seeing on farms at the moment
4: this spring? There does seem to be. There's a lot of kidney, and um, the weather again is is playing um, is, is is causing that. Uh, that as well. If, if if you're putting cows into any paddocks, you know where you would have put a lot of slurry and um, so the key is going to be quite high and um, just keep an eye on those cows especially any of the high yielder ones they are the the biggest ones that risk pneumonia in places as well because of the change in weather you're going from very cold to, to it's getting you know warmer during the middle of the day and cold again pneumonia is around the place so just listen out to, to cattle or or cows as you're moving them um, and just check young stock and also actually with the bust of growth that came last week there is reports in in different places with different afms of nitrate poisoning so that's just something to watch if you put a lot of fertilizer out that actually hasn't been taken up by the plant yet because it hasn't been growing so if if the temperature does pick up and there is a bust of growth you might find that there, there will be too much nitrogen in the grass for the cows and um, so just keep an eye on cows if they're in any paddocks, you think you might have gone a bit heavy.
1: This time of the year now, it's typical for butterfat to drop in milk. What can farmers do to combat this?
4: It is, um, as, as they've moved into the second round, they'll probably notice it, that it, it, it did drop a lot. And this year, it's probably worse than, than others because covers are so low and grass is so lush, there's no structural fibre at all in it. So just keep an eye on that if you can offer some some straw or some kind of roughage at the head barrier if you can just to, to get them chewing, um, and that will help to buffer the stomach, the saliva. Other than that, if it gets very bad, maybe consider putting a buffer in the feed. It's really important to actually keep an eye on this coming into breeding, that if the, the butter fat goes too low, you could run into issues with acidosis. But the main thing is to, to really keep an eye on your milk results coming back, look at your protein and your your yield as well, and make sure that is is increasing or it's at least holding. It's a good sign that the cow isn't restricted, she's getting enough energy and she's not going to be restricted anyway so she will be able for breeding.
1: Now, the Minister for Agriculture is setting up a new service and the public have been invited to make suggestions as to its form and functions. Farm talks. John O'Connor is here with more information. I asked John what the title of the service is and what is its intended
5: function. Hi, Mairead. It's the National Food Ombudsman or Ombudswoman or person whose role it will be to ensure transparency in the agricultural food price and data chain. Farmers and their representative organisations have been asking for such an office or independent monitoring service specifically for their industry.
1: And John, why have farmers fought so hard for the establishment of a National Food Ombudsman?
5: Farmers have long felt aggrieved they do not receive a fair percentage of the price charged on the supermarket shelf for their product for which they have produced the raw material. Whether it's meat, milk, vegetables etc, rightly or wrongly farmers believe that other links along the food price chain from farm to shelf get a bigger cut for relatively easier and far more convenient Handling or processing of the product they have produced, the raw material.
1: And what about the Consumer Protection Commission, the CCPC? Is in the National Food Ombudsman Office just a duplication of price and data monitoring activity?
5: The public would have understood that CCPC was monitoring for any unfair trading practices or unfairness in general in trading. But obviously, the farmers and their representative organizations would welcome a specialist office or of service, such as the Ombudsman or Person, just like the Minister is now taking steps to establish. In a recent statement on plans for the new office, the Ombudsman, the IFA say they felt that some processors and retailers could be abusing their dominant market positions and alleged that the CCPC, Consumer Protection Commission, had failed farmers. The Consumer Protection Commission, CCPC, for their part, would of course totally refute such an allegation or any suggestion like that. The IFA President, Tim Cullinan, wants the planned Ombudsman Office to have real teeth.
1: John, you mentioned at the start of our conversation that the public have been invited to contribute suggestions in their opinion on the new food ombudsman. How can they do this? And is there a deadline for contacting the department?
5: Farm Programme listeners have until 5pm Wednesday 26th of May 2021 to submit their suggestions online through www.gov.ie and follow on from www.gov.ie to the specific website where the consultation is being sought for your comment or suggestion.
1: The IFA has been amongst the most insistent of the farm organisations in calling for the new office of the Food Ombudsman, I understand, John.
5: Well, all of the farm organisations sense, rightly or wrongly, they're being shortchanged when they compare the price they've received and the resale price marked on the item on the retail shelf. The only farm organization statement Farm Talk received following the Minister's announcement of the setting up of the Food Ombudsman was from the IFA. They point out that the Unfair Trading Practices Directive had to be transcribed into Irish law before May first deadline required by the EU to automatically outlaw a number of what they believe are unfair trading practices.
1: So, John, to summarise, this is the time now for listeners who have strong feelings on unfair trading practices to participate in the consultation process.
5: Certainly, Mairead. Minister mcconnell invites listeners to help define the future role of the new office. Consultations welcome online before 5pm Wednesday 26th of May 2021. Just contact www.gov.ie and follow on to the specific National Food Ombudsman consultation website. The Minister of State at the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, with special responsibility for farm safety, Martin Hayden TD, has welcomed the launch of the government's Be Summer Ready campaign. He points out with the launch of the government's Be Summer Ready campaign, now is an important time to remind farmers and all those who may visit farms of the need to be aware of all the risks. Tragically, he points out, every year farming accounts for over 40% of all fatal workplace incidents. It's now time for a change in behaviour so that the fatal rate and number of serious incidents in agriculture is reduced or eliminated. Minister Hayden said farmers and their families should always highlight all of the risks on their farm to any visitors so as to keep them safe. While farms have a lot of risks, they do not have to be dangerous. It's important that farmers would take heed of all of the safety advice that's available. In particular, farmers and all those working on or visiting farms should be aware of the government's Be Summer Ready campaign. Minister Hayden adds there's a lot of relevant information for farmers in the government's Be Summer Ready campaign. In particular, farmers should be aware of the Sun Smart advice after all as the majority of a farmer's working day is spent outdoors we need to be mindful in relation to sun safety particularly during the summer months and exposure to sun in the lead-up to the silage season and for tillage farmers with the ongoing spraying season minister hayden took the opportunity to remind farmers of the need to ensure that their tractors and machinery would be in good working order and to have them fully serviced Minister Hayden concluded by saying it's not just about farmers focusing on their physical safety but also on their health and well-being. In these times of Covid restrictions we should be even more mindful of our farmer neighbours who may live and work alone or in isolation. Take the time to pick up the phone or check in on your farmer neighbour. All farmers, their families and their enterprises will benefit from improved behaviours around issues of health, safety and well-being because farmers must always remember they are their farm's greatest asset. John O'Connor for Farm Talk.
1: On the back of the Be Summer Ready campaign, Chagisk held a recent webinar warning farmers of the UV sunlight cancer risks. Irish farmers have a three times higher cancer mortality than blue or white collar workers with UV sunlight skin cancer, being a significant cause of this heightened death rate. The webinar was chaired by Dr. John McNamara, Chagas Health and Safety Specialist. In the first of a two-part look at the topic of UV sunlight cancer risks, Dr. McNamara outlined some of the ways Chagas has moved to address the health issue.
3: Chagas, we promote the total health model of, of health and safety in other words health and safety uh together and uh you know they're synergistic you know if you're in poor health you'll have more accidents and uh, maybe vice versa and that and also you know if you're in poor health or have injury it leads to disability and that leads to loss of productivity and income and it could jeopardize the the, the the livelihood of a farm of a family farm. So I think, you know, from a childish perspective, we can't work on our own. We're agriculturalists, we are communicators, we have a great entree into the farming community, you know, but we need to work with health from professionals in order to get the most effective messages across to farmers. I I, I have been concerned about uh, our promotion of cancers generally for some time. I was involved with Dr. Breda Smith in her. Research a number of years ago, and she found that farmers have a three or a three times higher incidence of cancer than blue-collar, white-collar workers. Uh, so I think that's something that uh, I think needs to be uh, addressed a bit more vigorously in the farming community. I think UV sunlight uh, skin cancer protection is is uh, you know it's coming to the summer, and it is a very significant part of the excess cancer burden. And you know that's what this webinar will will focus on. Now, from a Scottish perspective, uh, we know that farmers give health a lower priority than they do immediate safety actions, uh, and that and that within the health area that they give skin cancer a lower priority than other areas. So I think that that uh, uh, it's very timely that we run this webinar and uh, promote. Uh, skin cancer uh, protection Uh, and from a Chagas perspective we will be continuing uh, with the uh, cancer prevention group that we have here today throughout the summer.
1: Now a Cork florist who began a rooftop farm in the city centre when his flower shop had to close during the first lockdown has seen the project grow in ways he never imagined. C103 senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran has been
6: back to the Cork rooftop farm and she spoke to Brian McCarthy. Last summer the hens arrived We've six six laying hens. Really they serve a number of purposes up here for us. One obviously is a nice protein source having six lovely eggs every day and also they're doing the composting for us here up on the rooftop so we incorporate all our green waste and our home domestic waste from that scraps and things like that into the the chicken coop and the, the, the six girls there they, they turn it to compost fairly quickly for us which is great so we're kind of keeping a closed loop on that side of things on the rooftop and we put that compost then out onto our raised beds here and grow fresh produce in it how
7: are they making that compost when you say that they're generating compost for the garden
6: the manure that the the hens produce is a highly positive nutri- fertilizer for the soil and they're also breaking down any of the ma- the green matter or eating any of the leaves or any of like that and then converting that to manure so they're also scratching and turning and having their dust baths within it so they're aerating the soil and the compost underneath them so that's, that's creating a nice high quality compost for us to put out onto our beds
7: You also have a hive next to the chickens
6: Sure yeah, we got a hive tail end of last summer so we didn't get any honey out of them last year but we're hoping to have a nice, a nice harvest of it this year It's just trying to add that element of biodiversity onto the, the rooftop and um, having pollinators up here is really important as well um, last year we also planted a wild meadow section on the rooftop so there's an area there that they can forage in and it's another area maybe for bees around the city to come to as well to forage on on our rooftop.
7: You also have the um, greenhouse here that's full of towers. Just tell me a little bit first of all about how many towers are in there and what's been
6: grown in there. Sure, we have 60 towers. They're called grow towers and it's a method of growing called aeroponics. So... The plants are in these towers and the roots actually suspend in air. Uh, At the bottom of the tower is a water tank which has a nutrient solution in it that's pumped to the top of the tower. That's on a timer which comes on once every hour. That feeds the plant and hydrates the plant. In the area of the greenhouse, which is 80 metres squared, we have approximately 4,500 plants. So it's also a very dense way of growing a lot of produce but we're also recycling the water that we use so it uses between five and ten percent of the water needs of say soil-based growing and it's also much more lightweight so on a rooftop environment it's quite conducive to to that situation so
7: you're growing plants with no soil
6: yes they grow in a medium so we use rock wool currently and we're also trialing growing in sheep's wool and that's ongoing and we're also trialing growing using organic nutrient solutions. So our goal is ultimately to be using a fully compostable medium such as sheep's wool, which is locally sourceable, and an organic fertiliser for them. So I
7: suppose, you know, in time you'll have a fully productive market garden up here that's not using you don't need to bring soil up here then at any
6: stage that's correct so we we really want to be able to try and generate all our own compost on the rooftop from waste products from both the farm and maybe the surroundings so the city center itself so residents and people living in the the locality there's more than enough produce or waste produce in and around the area to do that
7: Obviously all of this has come at a cost and it's quite an expensive process with the towers and stuff, but you're actually selling the produce here.
6: Correct, yeah. So since January we've been selling each Saturday from the Coal key. So every Saturday there's a, a farmer's market on the Coal Quay on the Corn Market Street. We trade through the, the commercial premises that we have on the ground floor, which we hope to open in the near future. And we, we sell our produce literally on the doorstep of the rooftop farm.
7: I know last year you had been supplying some produce to local businesses like restaurants. Is that still happening or has the pandemic had an impact on that?
6: It's definitely had an impact. But what we're seeing now, which is great, is that the takeaway business is obviously kind of, to an extent, stabilised. But we're supplying a number of restaurants still in and around the city. And hopefully when things start to reopen in the future, that'll increase again. But we've been delighted so far but from the support that we've received by opening on, on Saturdays at the market and that really has spurred us on to maybe expedite plans to open our own commercial unit on the ground floor and to both give... Get, get access for people through there and access to people onto the rooftop as well
1: Welcome back A Cork teenager has been hailed as a hero after saving his dad's life following a farm accident Recently while Declan Philpott and his 13 year old son Brian were working at their farm in Kent Declan got pinned between an agitator and the wheel of a tractor Quick thinking Brian moved the tractor forward to free his dad He's now out of hospital and only for Brian the outcome could have been very different as Declan has been telling C103. Declan and Brian spoke to Patricia Messenger on C103's
0: Cork. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about
1: work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync,
0: things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra hydrating body care features two of Osea's best sellers, Undaria Algae Body Oil and Undaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed powered heroes use skincare level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty free, and climate neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get ten percent off your first order with code GLOW at OSEAMalibu.com. That's OSEA Malibu.com Code GLOW. Today show
8: We went to Panda Educator and I normally I put on the or first onto the tractor. And I rose it up from the outside, there's you know, there's the switches on the outside of the tractor for you to rise it up on your own, you know, for on your own. You can plan the implement on your own to the electric uh, switches. And I rose up the switch, you know, to put on the PTO and I, I rose it anyway. And next thing, I just went to plan the PTO and I must have just rose it slightly too high. And next thing, the whole PTO, the whole agitator uh, turned up and tapped me. And I was jammed in between the, the... The agitator was actually on the tractor then, and it was on the agitator, but there was no other path of the agitator on, so it was after turning right over in his head. And I was jammed in between the agitator and, uh, and the wheel of the tractor. I was there for a minute, and Brian said to me, what can I do? Brian was up on the tractor, and he just hopped off, and he said, what can I do? And there was... I was talking, but there was nothing coming out of my mouth. You know, I was just under so much pressure. I just felt this awful pressure. And next thing was, I was gone. I see no more.
4: And Brian, then in the meantime, did what?
8: Brian came off to me, and I must have watched him, but he couldn't understand. But he decided that he'd pull out the tractor from the agitator because the PTO shaft has, has two pieces, it splits in the middle. And uh, he decided he'd pull out. when he pulled out, of course, all the pressure came off of me and I just fell in the ground, basically alongside the tractor.
3: That was quick thinking of of Brian, wasn't it? Yeah,
8: yeah. And did he then call for help? He had rang my brother while he was thinking what he'd do and um, he just made the decision. Then he rang in the fire brigade. He rang the fire brigade off of my phone as well. So he was onto the fire brigade as well, or the ambulance in that much time as well.
4: If Brian hadn't done what he did in the eight minutes...
8: Oh, he did. He did. I did be because I was, I was jammed, I was, I, was, I wasn't I was able to breathe, like I couldn't, I was gone anywhere, like I was gone out course so I mightn't wait anymore, you know, like, when the pressure was on me so much, like, like, it was just this, this savage pressure, like, I, I thought I was going to explode. How
4: is Brian coping with the whole being a hero bit?
8: <laughs> He's actually here with me. He is he? Talk and pull oh, we thought,
4: we thought he'd Hang be on at school. Okay. Hello. Hi, Brian, how are you doing? I so that no, How are you? I, I'm well. I was just, uh, I thought you were at school. I was just asking your uh, dad, h- how are you coping with this hero title that everybody's giving you? Yes, I don't know. I've all too bad. <laughs> you were, you're, you're quick thinking.
8: Oh, yeah. You're,
4: but was there a real sense of panic when it happened?
8: Yeah, that was, sure just kind of thinking what you do like and you know, want a few seconds to think like or else he's dead like you know
1: Maeve Regan Agritech's head of Ruminant Nutrition joins us on the show this week our chat starts with Maeve's tips for reseeding
9: people might have been slow to start reseeding over the last kind of couple of weeks because growth has been quite slow but with plenty of moisture and a little bit of heat forecasted uh, it's really important I suppose to try and hit the target and that target being to reseed 10% of your grazing platform per year so I suppose it's picking out your least performing paddocks and the paddocks that haven't been optimising grass growth over the last number of years, uh, selecting those paddocks and getting into them. And then really, I suppose, getting the best advice at the moment to see exactly what is your best option, be it for grazing or for silage ground, getting the right advice so that you're using the right grass seed mixture, using the right methods. um, And you're also, I suppose, getting a good kill off. And then some weed identification going on and, go, and I suppose the best advice then on post-emergence sprays and weed control once you've your reseed completed.
1: And I suppose reseeding, it's, you know, it's got a lot of advantages to it. So it really should be considered as a long-term investment.
9: Yeah, and reseeding is, is so typically your reseed should give you maximum potential for 8 to 10 years. So it is a long-term return uh, investment, but the return on that investment is quite quick. So reseeding is actually one of the fastest returns of investment that you can do on-farm. It typically almost pays for itself back after a year and a half in extra grass growth and availability. But, yeah, there's loads of benefits, be it grass availability in those important shoulders of the year, so early spring and late back end. You've also about 20 to 25% more response to your fertiliser that you apply. So you're you're getting added benefits there uh, in regards to economic efficiencies. But then also you're getting more palatability. So cows enjoy it more and you're getting better clean-outs and graze-outs and faster regrowth, so you have more grass um, to, to be able to optimise performance per hectare, and that's, that's really the key when it comes to profitability on farm, it's about output per hectare um, and how much we can produce efficiently from grass as it's our cheapest and most available source of feed on farm. So, uh, yeah, it is Long-term investment, but a uh, quick and fast gain. Moving on to
1: silage season now, and it's important, I suppose, first and foremost, that farmers are being safe and anyone involved in, in silage is being safe and taking care.
9: Absolutely. So, silage season is right around the corner. Um, and again, from mid-May, we'll be looking at early cuts uh, and walking grass to make sure that it's, ready for cutting, and we're not losing out on any quality. There'll be conversations had around whether or not we'll use silage additives out on farm. But again, I suppose the key is safety first. Um, it's, a, it's a very busy time on farm, uh, especially where there's might be kids around. Uh, so yeah, safety first, and then from there, I suppose, focusing and putting a plan in place to make the highest quality silage that you can, just to be able, I suppose, again, for profitability, so you're not as reliant on having to purchase in feeds outside the farm gate that cost a lot of money.
1: And I suppose, you know, we have to touch on COVID in a way and it's an unfortunate that, it, that it's still with us. But when it comes to silage season, I suppose, you know, when you bring in your contractor and you're doing silage on your farm, but I, like one tradition is that everyone comes in for the feed and for dinner, but that's not an option and people need to remember just to take extra care.
9: Yeah, absolutely. And I think last year was a learning curve for anyone that was involved in either making silage or actually being out as part of a contract fleet. But yeah, so that tradition, uh, I, suppose, I suppose, has been put on hold for the foreseeable. So yeah, no, absolutely that you're adhering to all COVID protocols out on farm at all times. Because again, it's a really busy time of year. We, we've just started into the breeding season as well. So as well as being very safe on farm, that involves COVID. Um, it's, a, it's a very busy time of year to end up in quarantine.
1: And Maeve, um, you're in the role, you were appointed as head of Ruminant Nutrition last December, so relatively recently. So how are you getting on in your new role?
9: Yeah, go, it, it, thanks, it's, it's going great. Um, yeah, we're, I suppose, Agritech are a farm input company. It's uh, based in Neenah and Tipperary. Um, and we have a fleet of sales advisors out on the road and distributors also. Uh, so we're out on farms even though, uh, you know, COVID, I suppose, put a stop to that. But we are back out on farm in uh, in certain cases that need advice and help. Uh, and again, I suppose we're out there trying to get the best advice out on farm and then supplying some uh, products on the back of that in order to optimise efficiency, be it feeding cattle um, or feeding milking cows, um, making quality silage, reseeding and grass seed mixtures. So we have an array of products, but yeah, going very well and just trying to, I suppose, bring the next level of advice out on farm to our to our customers and our farming, uh, our farming community.
5: The presidents of the Irish Farmers Association and the British National Farmers Union have held a bilateral meeting online to discuss issues of mutual concern to the farmers of both countries. The meeting coincided with a debate in plenary of the European Parliament about the future relationship between the European Union and and United Kingdom post Brexit and the vote by MEPs on the ratification of the EU UK Trade and Cooperation Agreement. Tim Cullen said the IFA supported the endorsement of the TCA between the European Union and United Kingdom and welcomed the greater certainty in the market as a result of the agreement. The IFA president confirmed that both organisations would continue to work together for the advancement of farmers on the island of Ireland and in the United Kingdom and would defend against any trade deals that could jeopardise the current market for products from vulnerable sectors. And NFU president Miss Minette Batters said that trade in commodities must not become a race to the bottom. The strong links that exist between here and the UK would remain in place Tim Cullinan and Minette Batters reaffirmed their firm commitment to the adherence to world trade standards that underpin food production in the United Kingdom and here in Ireland. The two presidents said any future trade deals between the United Kingdom and third countries had to provide a cast iron guarantee that would recognise these standards fully. The two delegations also discussed online market developments across all sectors where retail demand supported by strong levels of traceability for consumers ensured a strong performance. John O'Connor for Farm Talk.
1: Chagask Dairy Advisor Brendan Smithy is on Farm Talk this week. The first topic we cover is the Basic Payment Scheme 2021.
2: The closing date is the 17th of May this year, but with issues maybe to be addressed and discussions to be had with advisors in terms of changes, it would be important that people would make an appointment, you know, as soon as possible with their local office. The
1: next thing we're going to look at, Brendan, is the REAP scheme. Now, there's new results-based agri-environmental pilot. The closing date is coming up for that one as well.
2: That one is the 10th of May. It is a new scheme and a new concept for many people. As you said there, Moray, basically it's a pilot scheme. There's only a very limited number of applicants being allowed in. The 10th of May is basically the, uh, the date to submit an expression of interest. Now, again, it has to be done through an advisor. Like the previous point there, Moret, the issue is to contact your advisor as soon as possible, like if you're, if you're interested in the scheme. Given that it's an environmental scheme and I suppose one of the issues, look, and again, I suppose there's a lot of material appearing in the print media, For people that are in glass and organics and the EIPs, which would have been original kind of environmental schemes, a number of those people may not be eligible for this new REAP scheme. Again, contact our relevant advisor, you know, to look to discuss discuss the options.
1: We're going to move on now to grassland and I suppose growth rates, they're very variable.
2: Yes, Marie. I suppose, look, it has been a difficult, challenging spring. I suppose in many quarters, the weather has been cold, um, you know, and it has been dry, unusually dry, maybe, for the last number of weeks, depending on people, I suppose, when people... Turned stock out. Some ground has been grazed since February and regrowths and things like that are good on that area ground. Some ground, I suppose, the window between the first and the second grazing is that little bit shorter. And again, between farms in terms of locations, the growth rates are varying anywhere between 40 to 70 kilos a day currently. It needs people, I suppose, to go The basic points, I suppose, across all farm, you know, would be quite similar to walk the farm on a regular basis to assess the situation. We have some people, you know, that are doing grass measuring and they're into farm covers and things like that for those that are maybe a step back from that. I think, look, by walking the farm and just getting an appreciation of even to categorise the situation into, you know, have I enough grass? Have I too much grass? Or have I too little grass? And then making a plan. We'd be kind of saying that in the current scenario, people should be walking the farm at least once a week, but ideally kind of twice a week from that point of View. For people, I suppose within print media and in social media, there is a weekly update given out of more paraitywell out of more in terms of predicted growth rates at the moment. The figure that she is predicting for growth for the coming week is a figure of around 60 kilos of dry matter per hectare, which would sustain from a cow point of view, like a sustaining depending on supplement levels is somewhere around 3.2 to 3.5 cows to the hectare. So again it's just supply and demand, you know know your stocking rate and know basically the supply that's coming on the farm and you know again based on your weekly walks, assess your situation from there. For people considering receding on the basis of these walks when there is sufficient grass on the farm for people that are considering maybe receding ground in April, you know, I suppose heading into May at this stage, again maybe identify those paddocks that they had on, in mind to recede and maybe again come up with a receding plan and the other thing that people are maybe are looking at with the whole sustainability and future sustainability at farm level I suppose people are looking at maybe incorporating clover and stitching in clover or over sowing clover and again probably now is the time maybe to consider these options.
1: Their next topic we're going to look at is breeding now most farmers have started breeding and one thing that's vital to farm profits Brendan is target submission rates.
2: Look, I suppose the end game on this one is cows calving and cows, you know, producing milk. So if we take, you know, the six-week calving rates as being maybe one of the KPIs that's, you know, that's used to assess farm, you know, farm productivity at this stage. And obviously, so look, that reverts to, I suppose, target submission rates at this stage. And again, the aim would be to have a, kind of a target submission rate of up around 90% of the animals in three weeks. In simple maths, that's kind of 30% a week. Look, within a group of 100 cows, are we submitting 90 of these animals in three weeks, you know, and is that working out at 30 cows a week? The use of, you know, tail paint, various other, you know, heat detection aids, whether it be bulls, electronic measures, more relevant observations, whatever, you know, whatever the situation, it's a question of, I suppose, trying to get back to those kind of figures, you know, and look to just one of the big important jobs that looked at, that, that, that currently needs to be dealt with, um, you know, in terms of achieving our compact calving next spring.
1: And Brendan, if we're looking at, I suppose, dealing with problem cows and bulls as well, what advice can you give?
2: The two separations, I suppose, in relation to what do we classify as maybe problem cows? Are they cows late? Look, relative to late calving cows, maybe cows that had twins, cows with difficult calvings, retained afterbirths, and things like that. Cows in poor body condition, all of these things will have a negative impact, maybe of trying to get cows back in calf. The options that are out there for people is the use of once a day milking, maybe on cows that are lacking in body condition, that are under pressure, you know, maybe on energy intakes and things like that. It's a process that's used, um, it's growing in popularity at farm level, you know, and is giving good results on farms at that stage, just in terms of helping to get them back in calf you have metry checking cows you know if you think cows might be dirty and things like that the use of metry checking process you know to assess cows and maybe the need to get them washed out or getting calling the vet maybe to treat them at that stage after that you have the whole scanning and synchronisation process it's a question look for people that are maybe one, two, three weeks into the into the season and look that we have some herds you know that wouldn't have started yet that would be slightly later calving it's just all about having a plan in action marking key dates and a calendar of what things need to be done maybe with various groups of animals and sticking to that process at that stage with the aim of just kind of trying to achieve our basically our target submission rates and our target conception rates from there. For AI, again, just using a sufficient range of bulls within herds, using it, this team of bulls effect. So, as I say, look not to lose sight of, of, of that scenario. And look for stock bulls are being used at farms. Again, to make sure that they're not overworked in that, you know, sufficient use of AI has been made before we leave off stock bulls. Obviously, that look at the bulls, you know, especially for young bulls, that you know to keep an eye on them, that they're actually working, you know, and uh, as I say, functioning properly in the field. And obviously, look with bulls, there comes danger. So again, look the big issue at this stage, especially where there's people around farmyards and things like that, is just watching the safety aspect of you know of stock bulls when they're left off with, with the herd.
1: And I suppose Brennan, that brings us into our final topic about health and safety on a farmyard. There's
2: a couple of issues. You know, it's the time of the year, maybe where building repairs get kicked off, there's always danger around machinery. And especially, again, look, as we're coming in to look, as I said, there's maybe kind of bailing, the slurry being spread, uh, contractors are back on the road and stuff like that. And look, obviously, the stock one, look, the stock bulls are probably you know that's probably the main issue but look we've laid calving cows you know and again I suppose as we're coming to the end of the calving season maybe just people let their guard down you know a little bit with, with, with those kind of animals the personal health we've kind of look had a long campaign I suppose with the, the whole COVID issue it's not gone away yet but hopefully hopefully it is nearing an end when we talk about the health and safety focus people have been kind of restricted in their movements and stuff like that and just kind of those social contacts you know as I say, just looking after one's own personal health as well at this stage quite quite important from there
1: For a weekly update on macro. Events in Cork. Kevin Smitty, chair of Glanmire Macra, joins us. When the
10: pandemic hit, Macra was forced to do it. It's keep itself alive in, in a different way. So a lot of events went to online. Things Macra would have been usually a, quite a, a social aspect to it. But to be fair, clubs have done quite well, and Glammire has done well as well. To be fair, we've done events such as um, treasure hunts and we also did an irish tv and movie quiz recently members have taken part in the national talent competition and radio drama within the shendun region i suppose members have taken part in exercise events such as coach the 5k the step challenge and plank challenge, so members have been able to interact with other members from different clubs which is great to see, I suppose MACRA has always been a, an agri organisation so members from uh, Glenmire took part in the Shandoon uh, Instagram takeover showcasing um, farms that they may be working on or that they may be working at home themselves overall I suppose it's been a, a difficult year but members have done quite well and It's great to see that people can stay in contact in these tough times and looking forward to the day where we can get back to some bit of normality and people meeting face to face and being able to see each other and have a good crack, which is what it is all about. Other events I suppose that we did and took part in, we had a beef stock judging Seamus, took part in that and did quite well. Last year we were the final six for our club of the year which is a great achievement we've also took part in a murder mystery so a couple of our members from the club took part in the murder mystery which is great fun so overall our members even though they could not be together we're still together virtually which is great so technology is good in one sense so hopefully mark will be back stronger than ever and we we can't wait for the day it will be
1: thanks to John O'Connor for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk program again this week my thanks also to Barry O'Mahony and Fiona Corcoran I'm Mairead Tuig thanks for listening
3: Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Post Calver Gold your trusted feeding partner for your dairy herd this spring
0: on C103 Normally, being a little extra might be a bit
1: much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes